Welcome to the Empowering Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Kimball Lewis. Our website is empoweringparents.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and find all of our parenting content, including the Total Transformation Program, which is the number one child behavior program of all time. The Total Transformation Program was developed by child behavior expert James Lehman and is a practical step-by-step guide that provides solutions to the most difficult child behavior problems. You can sign up and begin the program today at empoweringparents.com. Our email address is mail at empoweringparents.com. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome to the Empowering Parents Podcast. I'm Kimball Lewis. And this week, I'm going to share with you one of my favorite articles. It's called, I Love My Child, But Sometimes I Can't Stand Him. And it gets to the heart of, of a lot of the parenting guilt that we see when we work with parents. And it's all tied around with your child's behavior and how you feel about your child and the guilt around why you feel responsible for your child's behavior, and even more so the guilt you feel around getting to the point where you actually don't like your child, often because of their behavior. It's an article by James Lehman. I'll provide the link in the show notes below, but it's called, I Love My Child, But Sometimes I Can't Stand Him. So here it goes. You do anything for your child, but you feel guilty about admitting the truth, even to yourself. The truth is, sometimes you don't like your child very much. It's a secret that many parents of acting out kids share, but rarely confess to anyone. When parents say they don't like their child, I think that dislike is, I think that dislike almost always stems from their child's inappropriate behavior. These parents are understandably frustrated because they're tired of the constant backtalk, yelling, and arguing, or they may not like the way their child treats them, their siblings, or their teachers at school. And I understand that. This article is directed toward those parents. You know, there are times when parents don't like their child because of a certain stage their son or daughter might be going through, particularly adolescence. As a father, I experienced this myself. When my son was eight or nine, he was a pretty good kid most of the time. I enjoyed my time with him, and I couldn't imagine him ever leaving home with all the unpredictability and risks that were involved. But by the time he was in his mid-teens, I disliked his behavior so much that I was ready for him to go. A child's adolescent development and identity formation almost always include breaking away from their family. Sometimes that translates into obnoxious, annoying, or self-involved behavior on the part of teenagers. And because the parent-child bond is so strong, that breaking away process often becomes very strained and stressed for both the parent and the child. And for adolescents with unstable behavior... Breaking away can even become destructive or violent. An important part of this separation process is that the parent learns to let go. Ultimately, the parent wants and needs to push the child out into the world. They get tired of having this strong-willed, opinionated person in the house who makes demands and argues with them all the time. When their kids are in their late teens, many parents want them to go to college, find a job, move out, or rent an apartment with a friend. And I think that's completely natural. It's all part of your child growing up and starting a life of their own, even if it's painful at times. This is the time that parents complete the parent-child part of the relationship and begin the parent-adult-child relationship. And this transition is rarely without friction. Here's an important distinction I'd like to make again. Not liking your child's behavior is very different from not liking them as a person. That's hard to define for a lot of parents because a child's behavior becomes part of their personality in some ways. You can't tell where they end and the behavior begins. And it's not only their behavior, they also might be using their personality to confront, attack, or demean you. 
Physically, you'll also associate them with their personality. The words are coming out of your child's mouth, after all. You can see the nasty look on your daughter's face. You can hear the rude tone in your son's voice. It's easy to get frustrated and annoyed with those behaviors, and it becomes easy to dislike the child who's performing them. The truth is that sometimes kids can be a pain in the neck, just like the rest of us. As parents of teens know, that behavior gets even more intense when children go through adolescence. The good news is that when your kids are being obnoxious or unpleasant and you feel yourself getting angry, there are effective ways to avoid taking their behavior personally. A lot of my direction for parents is not to take this personally. Although this often feels like a personal attack upon you, it's not. Rather, it's driven by other forces, such as your child's fears, frustrations, and the need to develop their own identity. Try not to fight it, no matter how hard it may be at times. Avoid screaming at your child and getting into conflicts and unnecessary power struggles. Parents often take that kind of behavior personally, but remember there are irresistible developmental forces taking place here for both the parent and the child. One of the things I try to teach parents is to talk more positively to themselves. I realize this may sound simplistic, but try to think of it this way. We all talk to ourselves all the time. We think in words, and perhaps too much of the time we think in negative words. Our inner thoughts seem to obey the law of gravity. They just naturally fall unless you hold them up somehow. Psychologists have known for a long time that our brain tends to go negative. They've also found that patterns of negative thinking can change and moods improved when a person becomes aware of the patterns and actively works to change them. Yes, you can change the way you think, and when you gain control over your automatic negative thoughts, you manage situations better and you feel better at the same time. It's the basis for much of today's psychology and counseling, and it works. Let's say you're driving home from work and you're about to see your teenager. You're saying to yourself, I hope he's not going to start acting up again today. I'm so sick of his attitude. Or maybe you're saying to yourself, I don't want to hear about my daughter's boyfriend anymore. I can't deal with her moodiness all the time. Here's the truth. If you're talking to yourself negatively on the way home, you're feeding into the problem. If you are expecting a fight when you come home through the door, you will get one. Instead, I recommend that you say things to yourself like, what can I do differently so we won't get into an argument as soon as I walk in the door tonight? In other words, think more about the solution and less about the problem. Again, think more about the solution and less about the problem. Talk to yourself about the skills you can bring to the situation. One of the things I recommend to parents who, who work is to have the following rule with their kids. For the first 10 minutes after you get home, your kids should leave you alone. That way you have enough time to go up to your bedroom, change your clothes, and get your head ready for parenting your children at night. Transitions, and by that I mean going from work to home or school to home, are difficult for both adults and children. Try to organize your time so that you're, tight, so that you're taking that into account. You may feel like people are looking at you and judging your parenting as inadequate when your child's behavior is inappropriate. We all hate to be judged, and even if we deal with it effectively, that doesn't mean it's not a problem. It just means that we don't take it personally anymore. If your child's acting out, you might have tried to tell your parents or other relatives or friends about it in the beginning, but if this is a persistent problem, most people eventually get tired of hearing about it. And we all know that family members and friends can be very judgmental and critical. And when they are, it's easy to experience that judgment as shame and guilt. As a result, you may feel as if others don't see you as a good parent. 
The criticism hurts even more when you already have doubts about your parenting. It's why so many parents feel shame whenever their child behaves inappropriately in front of those people. These are heavy, powerful feelings, and many parents blame and resent their kids for making them feel that way. It's a vicious cycle. My advice is to not blame your child for how others are making you feel. Just focus on your child's behavior and not, and not on how others are making you feel. If you can do this, you will feel better and you will be more effective as a parent. What I always tell parents is don't compare your insides to other people's outsides. What does this mean exactly? On the outside, most families look normal and stable. Indeed, we tend to avoid having screaming matches with our kids in public. But behind closed doors, it's a different story. Even the most normal-looking family has problems, and every parent struggles with their kids. It's part of raising kids. Indeed, we all have problems. So don't compare how you feel about your family and all its shortcomings to how other families appear from the outside. It's not a fair comparison, and it will always make you feel inadequate in comparison. Another way to think about this is that your family might appear fine to most on the to most outside observers. But but this is just because you keep your problems mostly behind closed doors. You don't have your fights out in the open for the public to see. That's why I tell parents not to compare your insides to other people's outsides. Again, it's not a fair comparison. By the way, this is also true on a personal level. Comparing your emotional insides to other people's physical outsides will only give you a skewed impression of what's happening. And usually only makes you feel worse about your situation. So don't do it. This is also one of the patterns that give adolescents so much trouble. They compare their insides to their classmates' outsides. The other kids may look like they're popular and as if they fit in, but those kids may be in just as much emotional turmoil. This can cause your child a lot of distress. Your child feels as if they're the only one going through this problem and that everyone else is fine, and it's just not the case. The last point I want to make is that I want you to think of love as an action rather than a feeling. I found that most parents do love their children even if they don't always like their behavior and even if they don't feel as if they like their child at that moment. The way parents express that love is by taking care of their children, by being responsible and by not being abusive. They also show love when they try to give their kids the tools they need to be able to function and perform successfully and find some happiness in the world when they attain adulthood. I think if you're resentful of your child's behavior, you can get help. After all, you have a much better chance of improving the situation if you find some true insight and receive effective coaching on how to manage your child. And don't be afraid to ask others for help or to ask how they deal with their families. Remember, unless your child has severe behavioral problems, being argumentative and annoying, especially during adolescence, is usually a developmental phase they're going through. Don't get me wrong. It's often a long and difficult one. Sometimes kids don't gravitate back to their parents until they reach their mid-20s or even until they start to raise families of their own. But in my experience, most of the time parents and kids are eventually able to find a way to have a good relationship again, especially if the parent is willing to put in the time to help their child change their behavior. And for severely defiant kids, it's especially difficult. Most therapists will tell you that a child with oppositional defiant disorder is one of the hardest kids to work with. First, they won't talk to you, then they lie, then they're abusive, then they're negative, then they blame everyone else for their problems. These are tough kids and they're tough to like. 
Sometimes they're tough to love too. And that's okay. We're only human. That completes this article on our site titled, I Love My Child, But Sometimes I Can't Stand Him by James Lehman. I want to point out one thing. At the, at the end of that article, he brought up the issue of kids who may have oppositional defiant disorder and that it's a, that's a very difficult situation. Uh, if you go to our website, and I'll provide the links in the show notes below, if you go to our website, we have an entire section on dealing with oppositional defiant disorder. And we actually have a complete program dedicated to that called the ODD Lifeline. So I urge parents, if you think that's the situation you're in, uh, to go to our website, I'll provide link to both links to both of those in the show notes below. Before we wrap up, as I often do, I'm going to provide a quick clip from James Lehman. And in this one, he talks about what it means to be an empowered parent, and why you shouldn't compare your insides to other people's outsides. Here's James. I know that there's a stigma associated with parents on asking for help or reaching out for help. But I want to assure you that the help is there. You have to find it if you want to be an advocate for your son, especially if you have other kids in your house. You have a responsibility to them. I'd also like to say that as a parent, we often compare the insides of our family with the outsides of other families. So the outsides of other families look like everything's going okay and they're managing their kids and everything's sweet. And we compare that to the inside of our family where there's conflict and verbal abuse and problem behavior. And I think that you have to realize that what's going on in the inside of those other families might be exactly what's going on in yours. So don't compare. It just gets you into trouble. Thank you, James. And parents, thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. Parents, if you like our content, please visit EmpoweringParents.com and sign up today for the Total Transformation Program. Total Transformation is the instruction manual for dealing with children and teenagers who are mouthy, disrespectful, or resistant to authority. In this step-by-step program, James and Janet Lehman show you how to change your child's behavior and take back control of your family with the exact techniques they used for over 30 years to get kids to behave appropriately. And when you sign up, add the parent coaching option and schedule your first coaching phone call today. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Parents podcast. Talk to you soon.